Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. I hope the Giro has you keen to ride, despite the winter weather starting to take hold. Fortunately, the fun never stops on Zwift. It's super time efficient, safe and convenient. And it's just as social as your rides throughout the summer. The banter on the group rides, meetups and even in some of the races is a great way to connect with people from all over the globe. There's also loads of challenges to set yourself on the great courses, including riding up Alpe de Zwift, sprinting down the Champs-Élysées, even riding inside a volcano, or exploring the Japan-inspired Makuri Island. Zwift is the app that makes indoor training fun. Visit Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial or just to find out more. Ride on, and here's Christoph and Macca. Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. And before we start, let me remind you that you can download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sports or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Uh, joining me is, of course, Dave McKenzie. How are you? I'm pretty good. Did you go to the same um, army army shop as me? Uh, I just noticed. There was a sale on. I got, I got the more um, evening casual attire. You yeah, got the combat just, wear. Yeah. Um, it was cheap though, wasn't it? Ready for anything. It was busy, <laughs> flat out. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I actually just noticed this. Yeah. So did I. I was oh, like, mate, man. I had it on first. <laughs> anyway, joining us. And is she wearing green or not? It's Bridie O'Donnell. How are you? She is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, Christoph, there's a bit of a Volodymyr Zelensky vibe going on, don't you think, Macca? Yeah. Yeah, maybe oh maybe God. that's the vibe. That's the vibe. Yeah. Oh my God, it is. It is. Yeah, it's true. I didn't even notice. But wow. Yeah, true. Take Good that point. as a compliment. Yeah, I'll take this as a compliment. Yeah. At least for the courage is good. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's look cycling. Uh, stage seventeen yesterday, Maka, you were behind the mic. Uh, we knew it was going to be a ripper. It was a, a great stage. It it was a brilliant stage, actually. It's uh, look, we've had a few. We've had a couple of doozies. This one wasn't. Yep. These were these these mountain days that we've had, and this one was deceivingly sort of good variety because it wasn't huge mountains, but I think it it, it devastated a few GC hopes more than what we probably envisaged. Um, and and you know and and a, and a new winner of the stage in the Colombian, and a GC you know shake up a little bit more. And it also had that real feel about it where you're watching multiple things happening, multiple, you know, the, the contest for the stage win, the contest for GC, the who's struggling, what does that mean, what are the teams going to be doing. So I agree with you, Mac, it was quite uh, captivating. Yeah, the, the, you know what I loved? Um, and, I mean, this is the way we're starting to, people are starting to watch TV as well and or, or stream it. And, and it wasn't just last night, I think two nights ago, or the, the three boxes. And I was like, we were yeah. commentating while you had the, the breakaway, you know, the, the Mayadolza group and then, you know, Almeida because he was always off the back. I was quite happy to watch the three boxes <laughs> for an hour because I wanted to see all three things happening at once. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, we're very lucky, aren't we, that we get to sort of be a, be a, a fly on the wall yeah, in obviously. every little situation. And uh, Mandy makes a very good comment here, the, the weather as well, brutal condition at the start. Yeah, they were very lucky. Yeah. No, they, it, she's right. It was it was pretty brutal at the start, Brody. But gee, I tell you what, again they they dodged a bit of a bullet because it it fined up more or less slowly as the stage progressed. 
And we haven't seen rain. I mean, they've been really blessed for the first 16 stages, haven't they, of like fantastic weather, blue skies, light breezes. And so even to see photographs at the start line uh, 24 hours ago, zipped up jackets, arm warmers, et cetera, that we're all, whoa, okay. So I guess they're going to finally yeah. have rain. So it was pretty interesting. Um, and yeah. there were some faces, some serious faces. And kind of, <laughs> it's not just the kilometres, not just the altitude that they have to gain, but the weather as well. Yeah, not not everyone was impressed. Well, let's have a look at what happened towards the the back end of uh, of uh, this race, and we'll start it with, uh, of course, Mathieu Van der Poel. And for a couple of the guys who've got good legs back in that main group of the break, I wouldn't be panicking too much. It's a long way to go, even for the likes as good as he is, and as much as we sing his praises. This is the terrain that is not suited to Mathieu Van der Poel, so it is going. To, it would take a Huge effort if he was going to ride away from here on his own. And Jai Hindley still had plenty of teammates in that group. Yeah, one, two, three. There's four riders in total, so he's five. got five. There's one just a couple of spots back here. Yeah. So he's got four teammates for support. Lemreiser, he look gapped, at this. He gapped Vanderpool through the corner. There's no coming back from no, uh, from that. No megaphone is going to help <laughs> Vanderpoel. Whether it was a hunger flat or just no legs. Yeah. But like you said before, it doesn't have that self-control of measuring the effort. He's just all chips in. And whether whether or not, it's because the DS isn't leading from behind or Matthew Vanderpool won't listen. Did you see this? Henley's gone in front of Catapaz. And now Butrago has caught Matthew Vanderpool. So he's at 41 seconds behind Lemreiser. It's the moment he's got to insist. He's got to crack him before the top. Otherwise, he's just going to come back to him. Yeah, well, I think he's left it a bit late, Lemreiser. No, oh, he's the cracking. Butrago. Oh. And now he will be hearing in race radio. Lemreiser almost over the top. The descent still to come. The Dutchman still has a glimmer of hope. Oh. And a little look at this belief. The emotion overflows. Butrago has been brilliant on his way to victory. Here it is, Matthew Vanderpool has now been caught. Catapaz wants to create a little gap, and he's got one to Mikael Lander. Hindley is trying to come over the top. There's no time bonuses, but they are driving home a small gap, and there's a psychological blow, potentially. Hindley sticking with Catapaz. Yep. A gap to Lander. They're together on the same time. Still three seconds separates them. Lander loses another five seconds and of course it's all about the three seconds that are separating the two riders at the top uh Maka, there's a lot to unpack on this and uh, we'll come back to Mathieu van der Poel because we have a whole section on van der Poel now but uh this three seconds here what the main question what can and what should jai do to make sure he wins his back race uh yeah well i think firstly last night i thought he he did everything spot on as much as uh, Bridie, we, we're getting excited behind the microphone and, you know, we want Jai to attack and, and you know, attack every time we're commentating. But I thought he totally rode within himself and I believe his, his mission last night was to follow, not to lose time but not to attack. There's two mountaintop finishes to come, so which is in two nights' time and then, of course, Saturday. I believe Jai's waiting for those. But to me, you know... You've watched Jai enough over the years as well, Brody, I'm sure. He looks, his demeanour on the bike, his posture, everything about him to me, he looks really good. He looks very much in control. And I'd even say he looks better than what he did two years ago when he finished second. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And also remember, he's not the style to attack and accelerate away and get get a gap. That's not the style of rider and physiology. And let's think about Cadell as an example or a comparator. You know, and and if I can make a generalisation, let's stop getting excited about people attacking. The tour is three weeks long. It's actually about not losing time, not getting dropped, being on the wheel, persisting eating, drinking, like as boring as that some people think that is, relentless attacks that end up down the road behind, you know, losing time, that's not an outcome that we want for Jai. So let's stop waiting for attacks and let's wait for hanging in there and um, waiting for others to make mistakes as well. So it's a poker game for him. I think um, we just had a comment, apologies, I've lost your name off the screen, but I agree that there's there's a question mark now around what kind of time gap does he need? When I was looking back at the time trial results from stage two, Catapaz was, I think, 14 seconds. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no problem. All part of the service. <laughs> Is that when they were the um, Cleo Bachelor of the Year photograph? Anyway, that's a great yeah. shot. <laughs> I think the challenge over 17 kilometres is that Jai is going to need an advantage over Carapaz or he's going to need to have the time trial of his life to take this. He's capable of both of those things. Um, we don't know how he's feeling either. We see these riders put on their massive Oakleys for their interviews with our work experience guy. He could have been feeling tired yesterday. He could have been anxious and thinking, how am I going to go? Um, I'm currently sitting three seconds behind the Mania Rosa. Like this, all of that stuff is, you know, ruminating around in their brains. Uh, same for Catapaz. He can act cool, calm and collected and think I've got this billion-dollar team behind me, but as if he's not losing some sleep every now and then. So I, I just think it's exciting and I can't wait to watch the next four stages. Yeah, but in, in terms of how we just concentrate on, on what Jai did yesterday. Sorry, that was a bad uh, answer. I thought, sorry? <laughs> but but like, let's look back at what he did yesterday. You're right, entirely right, Bridie. It's not about the attack. It's how good he was at hanging in there and crossing the line just here with Carapaz. Uh, is that a little blow into Carapaz's mind going, you can attack what you want, but I'm still here? I'm still like a leech? Uh, it's, there's a bit, there's, I don't know if it's a blow, but it's certainly mind games. Yeah. And look, Lander got frustrated with Carapaz and there was a couple of times, and I, I've, I haven't had a proper look on social media, but I guarantee you Lander was frustrated because Carapaz was putting on the fake grimace. And then every time Lander surged, Carapaz could still get on the wheel. Yeah. And they've got, they've got beef from their Movi star days. There's no doubt about that. Um, but to Jai, uh, look, he, he's starting to become an annoyance, if you like, mm-hmm. to, to Carapaz because he is not going away. And on Bridie's sort of point on the TT and, you know, time he needs or doesn't need, I think he needs about 40 seconds. 40 to seconds. Carapaz. I think so. And, and Bridie's right. You, he might he might time trial better, Bridie, than Carapaz. We don't know, do we? At the end of three weeks, you can compare all the TT times they've done previously. But as we know, um, at the end of three weeks, it can be completely different. But mm-hmm. I, I would, I'd, I'll breathe easier if he's got a 40-second margin on Carapaz going into that final TT. Okay. And, and actually, on this point, if we bring the, the rankings here, because this is where we're talking about this, uh, Landa. You said Landa is one of the. He's lost another five seconds. Uh, uh, is our Landa Almeida almost inverted comma out of contention for that win, or is going to everyone's going to need a miracle? Except the win will be between Jai and Carapaz. Well, Bridie, if Landa uh, goes into the TT a minute down, uh, the uh, status quo, he will not win the Giro. However, he is 
obviously looking pretty good climbing, isn't he? So he is still a threat to them, I think, whereas uh, Almeida, for me, is not a threat at all. I agree with you, but I also think Landon needs to show himself, like he's been quite conservative and he's had this lieutenant of Bilbao with him all the time. They need, like, here I am an armchair expert, they need to try a bit harder, Byron, because I know they just want to stay last night, <laughs> but that's not what, they're not actually here to win stages, that they're here with Lander to win the Giro. So I'm interested to know if Lander will try to actually do some damage. And I like your analysis around um, your observation around his frustration with Carapaz because that is what Jai is doing really well. Like he is impassive, in, unflappable. And you wonder it's part of that around the Bora Lanco culture. Is it about like nothing's bothering us, we're just still here? Like, And that is psychological warfare as much as fat grimaces and Ciccone the other night, you know, yelling at people. So every rider has their different approach. We to see Cadell with his grimace on his face and the chasing and the dragging of everyone up to just minimise time losses. Jai is a different style of rider and you can see Lander is possibly not coping. He's not coping with that dynamic between he and Carapaz. Apparently he said to Lander and Carapaz, they said, mate, what's your deal? And he goes, I'm a sand griper. <laughs> and they're like, ¿Qué? ¿Qué pasa? Yeah, ¿qué pasa? <laughs> they don't know what a sand griper is. And he's like, I'm not here to put socks on the I'm centipede. not here to put socks <laughs> on the centipedes. Like, and then they're like, ¿Qué? <laughs> <laughs> he's the, as cool as a cucumber. Google, constra- Google Translate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, who's someone that can be cool as well and also very serious is Mathieu Vanderpool. Yeah. Uh, if we just look at this footage here, that's not yesterday, of course. That's the day before. So he goes from one day, you know that moment? Where I was going to say, was that when he was in the lead? <laughs> <laughs> when you're a bit bored on the climb? No, I don't know. But that's the, he was bored on the climb, just let's do this. But he goes from these moments to super serious. And what, how do we rate his performance on this Giro? Uh, Vanderpool. Look, Brady, I'm, I, I won't speak for you, but all I'll say is that I think he's just, um, he's one of the most exciting riders. I think we, we'll probably all agree on that. But I, I love his, um, I love his demeanour off the bike too. I think he's a... It's like I've talked about this younger generation or the generation now that is in now and both men and women, I feel like they're a really respectful group of riders that are mm-hmm. coming through, not just to each other, but to more so to the press, to the media, to the fans. And Vanderpoel, you know, just happens to be such an exciting rider that is multidisciplined. He'll attack on the climbs in the Giro. He'll, he'll win on an uphill finish. He'll beat Caleb Ewan. He'll beat... Whoever's there, whoever wants to challenge him, and then he'll do fun stuff like that. I just think he's uh, he's such an asset to our sport. Yeah, he cares about it, doesn't he? He wants to win. He's hungry. Uh, he, as I've said on air, you know, he inherited. He picked good parents, and, and he picked good grandparents. Um, he's got insane <laughs> great physiology, but he is desperate. I was about to swear. Then he's effing desperate to to win races, and so he tries to win in all different ways, and that makes him dangerous as a competitor. Because remember when he attacked um, at the start of stage or twelve, thirteen, whatever it was, and everyone's like, "Whoa, he's out on his own with a twenty-second advantage." Why? And think because he wants to, and he's trying to animate the race. And I agree with you about these riders in their early to mid twenties. They care about it. They want to ride it, they, but they also understand. People are going to want to interview me. I'm going to have to do all these other aspects of the thing. I can't afford to be a jerk or to be rude to others. Mm-hmm. And I need to be professional. And I have immense respect for Van Paul. Yeah. Although he's uh, upset a few Italians for claiming he loves pineapple on his pizza and uh, ketchup on his spaghetti. Well, so <laughs> I'm totally with him. 
I think we'll have to sanction him. I think we definitely will have to sanction Thank him for that. You. Yeah. <laughs> the Dutch but, do wacky things though, like that. They put chocolate on everything. Yeah, yeah, chocolate chips on everything. They put chocolate on their pizzas. We could have a handicap system like with horse racing, so we could say, I'm afraid you've been sanctioned. You now need to carry one kilogram of weight on your bike to make it yes. level somebody else. <laughs> That would be good. Yeah, yeah two bottles of ketchup. No, yeah, yeah, see if yeah. you like them. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See how much you really like them. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, as a side question, he mentions that he wanted to finish the Giro. He said to finish the Giro. He said he wants to finish the Tour de France. Okay, we'll see how that goes. But why would he do this? Is it part of, uh, and it's a question for you, Macau or Brady, but is he doing this about, this is a learning curve. We say that Wood van Aert was a better rider after finishing a few Grand Tours. Does he need to learn this to become even a better rider? Is that is that the intention? Uh, should be should we already be worried about a Van der Poel next year attacking a Grand Tour? Uh, I, I saw him make that comment, Bridie, that he said, "Oh, you know, all the riders say you get so much stronger after a Grand Tour." So I think he was fully he's fully committed, and he said it at the start because we weren't. I think well, there was a few of us that weren't sure if he would go all the way. I yeah. thought, why would he? What might he just do ten days and mm -hmm. then you know? pull the pin like a, not that he's a sprinter, but pull the pin like a sprinter and, and prep for the tour. But he is committed. And I think he's got this thing that he wants to finish definitely the Giro. And I'm not convinced about the tour, but yeah, I'm interested in what you, what you think his take is on this. Yeah, I think that he'll go to the Tour de France and aim to win stages and then reassess. But I, I think finishing the Giro is now a matter of a pride and you can see the finish line in sight, as can most other riders. They're literally just get through the sprint stage two really challenging days on Friday and Saturday in the mountains and then a time trial. Now, I say that like it's easy. We've all seen people have mechanical problems, crashes, etc., that could influence their ability to finish, um, and that would be devastating as a rider to get to stage 19 or 20 and not finish a Grand Tour. So it's a matter of pride. Alperson has um, really acquitted themselves incredibly well in this uh, Giro d'Italia, and you're right, it's about kilometres in the bank, racing kilometres in the bank, 21, or not consecutive days, but, you know, the travel and all of the things. So uh, I don't think he has to prove himself by completing the Tour de France this year, though. I, I think this is, he's still young in a road cycling definition. Mm. But a question yeah. here from uh, Stuart, Would he, can we even consider him as a genuine GC contender? In, no. Uh, I don't think so. Well, because of the physiognomy, because of the way. Yeah, he... yeah. I just think his physiology, Bridie, is, um, you know, as good as he is, and he's, he's pretty much good at everything else. But I don't think he will ever be a, a three-week um, competitor. And I don't think he should want to like let, just because we're loving the Giro and the Tour de France and the Vuelta, and, and many people hold particularly the Tour de France in high regard at, as, as the most important race. This is a man who's won cyclocross world championships and, and monument races in the Sprint Classics. For many riders and teams and nations, Belgium, the Netherlands, these are more important. So let's not forget that just because our priorities don't align with him doesn't make him wrong. And I also think that if, if we're being, uh, if I was his team doctor or team physiologist, I'd say, Matthew, don't try and lose seven kilograms and do a Wiggins or a Froome to be yeah. the most uh, incredibly lean you can be in order to be the best climber. I, I, I don't think the trade-off is worth it in an athlete who already has such superstar qualities across one hour, you know, a cross race and, you know, four hours in a, in a monument. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. And to, to round out that uh, uh, even more is um, there's no guarantees. If he, if he did do that, lose the seven kilos, change his body type, there's no guarantees he'll win the tour. Yeah. So I'm sort, of, I'm sort of hinting about Alaphilippe as well, if you're not If noticing. you don't try, you don't get, you know. <laughs> do you mean... Uh, I'm just giving him a knife to do the ribs, Brody. Do you mean Alaphilippe? <laughs> well, let's go to it, shall we? You're happy, aren't you? I'm happy. I'm, We're I'm all like happy. I'm just. Like, he's, back, he's, back, uh, he's back on the bike, and that's a uh, very good news. Uh, fill our fans in. You better fill... Because he, he, he he's had, had some time out. He had a massive crash. I think he broke several ribs and uh, puncture lungs mm. and, uh, and and a lot of different face things. And the question mark was, uh, still is, will he be at the Tour de France? Uh, he's doing everything he could here. Uh, he's back training with his teammates. Uh, I don't know if I rate his chances to be there at the Tour de France well, or to be competitive at the Tour de France. Focus on riding your bike, uh, Julian, mm. rather than taking selfies. Mate. But this is the thing. Like uh, He's just... Taking a fall, but then now he's taking, yeah, just two minutes after that, he's like, oh, <laughs> crash. I'm joking, I'm joking. He uses the hourglass emoji because, like, the sands of time, so are the days of our lives. Like, what's the purpose of that emoji there? <laughs> anyway, no, we is, are happy. It is good to see him back on the good bike. News. Anyway, uh, less of a good news, though, uh, it's Simon Yates. Simon Yates had to retire from uh, from the race yesterday. Yeah. Uh, let's listen to Matt White, and then uh, we'll debate on, uh, on on what happened. So, Matty White, um, yeah, a sad day in lots of ways uh, with, with Simon. Yeah, indeed. It's been a it's been a roller coaster of a of a Giro for us. Uh, obviously, we came in here with big ambitions, started off really well, obviously in Hungary there, and then uh, a crash had derailed our ambitions for winning the race overall. But uh, Simon and the team will be able to pull it back together there for a, a really epic win last Sunday in Turin. But uh, it's just the uh, the load of the race has, uh, has finally given got too much for, for Simon's knee. And uh, thinking of uh, the long-term future of his goals, what we're going to be doing in the next couple of months, uh, the best decision was for him to, to pull out before we uh, did any damage. Now, we know that Simon, no one, they don't come any tougher than, than Simon. It, it, obviously, the, the injury just got too much. Yeah, look, we had a plan actually today to, uh, to go after the wind. That was a plan before we started the stage. And uh, I think what's happened there is obviously yesterday, there's, there's, it's a cumulative things, but uh, yesterday was the hardest day. A lot of guys actually had everyone on a bike yesterday. Uh, yeah, the low they had, and I think... That, he had a little crash a couple of days before. There's been a few things, and obviously the effort he made on Sunday. You know, a knee, you know, people know that knees and backs are things that you shouldn't mess around with. And uh, no, he's, he's a tough man. He's a tough man. And uh, yeah, we will think of what's, what's coming up, and we're going to look after his, uh, his future and the best future of the team. And uh, the decision was made out on the road today that, that uh, it's best we stop, and we had to change our plans quick smart and uh, move on from there. That was uh, Matt White. Uh, where to from now for him? There's a question here from uh, Salty Cyclist Vuelta. Yeah. Is that, is that the focus? Uh, I think it's. I, I think that should be the focus, Bridie, the Vuelta. Rest up. Um, if he had it pulled out of it earlier, I, I might have said the tour, but not now. Actually, I think you said the tour. But <laughs> well, if he stopped at day 10, smarty pants. Just saying. <laughs> Bridie? I hate to be in a killjoy, but I'm tired of people saying that no one comes tougher. So I, I know John Trevor is trying to be supportive, 
but let's stop celebrating people who are riding injured, hurt, you know, doing damage to their bodies. So um, I'm going to be annoying and just say, listen, let him choose what he wants to choose and bike exchange can work it out. I think Matt's comments provided some pretty interesting and maybe inflammatory commentary that I support, which is, you know, that, that team is paying that rider a lot of money to perform. He needs to get himself right and his body be right to perform in Grand Tours if that's the purpose. If he's a stage-winning guy, focus on that. But um, sometimes I think intensive speculation about one particular rider and what will they do next can be really helpful, can also be really harmful. And and we think also, and I, I said this the other night and I know people were annoyed with me, but, um, you know, it's not all about Simon on that team. Unless that team has said to everyone else on the team, we don't give a crap about you and it's all about Simon winning the race. Because what are those riders doing now? What's their purpose? I know there's only four more stages, but they need a reason. And Housen has been riding well. Hepburn's been riding well. Jules Jensen has been thereabouts and, mm. and really contending in some of these difficult stages. So you can't just build a team on one rider if he's not the kind of reliable, solid, communicating, you know. So this is where I think there's some some reflection perhaps that could happen with bike exchange about what is the purpose and the goal and uh, what are we trying to achieve and what does that mean for everyone else and is everyone on the same page? Yeah, I think they've definitely got some reflecting to do. Well, if they listen um, to this podcast, they've got a yeah, list, a list long yeah. list of stuff they should do. Yeah, hang on, what is messaging me? What's your number, Brian? <laughs> I'm quite no, but Look, it's all interesting chat and we've had plenty of chats on mic and off mic about yeah. bike exchange. And we're all fans of the team. They're an Aussie yeah. team. We want them to go well. Um, but and, and it's some way. Sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles when you put all your eggs into one basket. So and actually they've done well on a, on another races. We'll uh, we'll talk about uh, yeah. in a second. But uh, let's remember that we had a winner of a stage. Yesterday. Yeah, we haven't given him a lot of love. Um, Santiago Butrago. He we didn't show him that that little recap. He actually crashed yeah. in the breakaway early on in the stage. And there was a point where Mark Renshaw and I thought he's not getting – well, he got back up, but we thought he's broken his elbow or he's fractured it or something because he looked like he was in a lot of pain yeah, yeah. for about five seconds. And he then was straight on the radio calling for a new bike, took his garment off his old bike. So Butrago was brilliant. And I think I I didn't re- – I saw it really quickly, briefly on socials um, – Esteban Chavez, Bridie, I believe Petrago has come through the Chavez Foundation and he posted something um, celebrating the win. So yeah. really great victory by Butrago. He he is one of this next gen or yeah. his generation now, but he's coming up and we're going to see this young Colombian a lot more um, in the coming years. Yeah, and sadly, we couldn't play you the interview because he was all in Spanish. Mm. And Carapaz in pink Spanish and a winner in, in, uh, winner stage in Spanish as well. So no interviews for you today. Sorry no comprendes? No comprendes. <laughs> no entiendes. No entiendes. No entiendes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go back and say, oh, we just said a minute ago, uh, back agent had the win. Georgia Becker won overnight. Yeah, Bridie, how awesome is this? And I, I'm, I'm so wrapped, actually, for the two winners. I, I didn't get a chance to mention her yesterday. Alex Manley yeah. winning stage one of the Lotto Ladies Thuringen Tour. And then Georgia Baker winning stage two, both on the, on the um, Bike Exchange team. This is great because they've both come off the track program and it's like they're both sort of reinvigorated and just... I guess, you know, they, I guess after a while you get sick of doing circles around a velodrome, but it looks like they're really enjoying themselves and it's even better when you get a win. 
I don't know what you mean. I love doing circles around the world. Hour the hour? Hour, year <laughs> upon year. Um, these two writers are so extraordinary because, as you say, that they're track endurance writers. They've written a lot, Madison, Team Pursuit and Individual Pursuit, and, and being junior performers as well. And let's not forget that the Australian women's team pursuit team had a bit of a shocker at Gold Coast Com Games when they were tagged to win. Um, they, they haven't had the results um, that have that have really reflected their ability because of some bad luck, some crashes on the track. And yet they've always been um, riders who supported Bike Exchange or Green Edge, whatever incarnation, throughout different periods of racing, whether it's been in Spring Classics or some of the flatter commesses in, in the Netherlands or even in the US. But to see Manly really step up now and particularly wearing a leader's jersey to be performing so well on the road, that is a, another level. You know, we, we're, what we're seeing is now her getting the maturity, the confidence, the team riding like a road team as opposed to just going and thinking, I'm just here for training to support my Olympic ambitions. And so it, it's quite hopeful for the road program. I always think there's benefit in competition as well as in riders thinking my spot on an Olympic road team or track team isn't safe. I, I, I still need to uh, perform, develop, improve, etc. That That's healthy and we've seen that work very well in GB cycling with the team pursuit and the track endurance program. I'm not, I don't have enough visibility about what Oz Cycling's priorities are over these coming years going into Paris, um, but certainly Birmingham Commonwealth Games is coming up in a month or six weeks or so. So it'll be really interesting to see how we perform there. Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen to uh, Georgia Baker yesterday. Got that right. It was definitely chaotic. Um, yeah, we had a really good, uh, strong team ride today. Our main goal was just to keep the yellow jersey and keep Alex in it. So, you know, a stage win was just a bonus. And to be honest, that wasn't our plan for me to win today. Um, it just so happens that, yeah, that's just how it worked out. So, um, yeah, I'm just really happy with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like there were some really strong riders here and so as you can see there was a lot of breakaways so we had to work pretty hard to bring that back. Um, so yeah, like I, yeah, we worked really hard, got it back and then yeah, eventually sprint finish, um, we kind of reconned the last three Ks so we knew it was going to be really fast and it's a quite a technical finish so we knew that we had to be top three around those last corners and yeah, we just executed that well and got the win. Uh, there was a Georgia Baker. So much energy, you know. Yeah, and she's just her and Alex. But I guess Georgia, she, she's impressed me in January over the summer racing. Mm -hmm. She just looks classy, as in just um, really good tactical nous. I, I watched her, I think, at Tour Down Under and, and a couple of other races, and I was like, wow, she's got something. Yeah. She's really got something. Apart from a big engine with that track background, that that team's pursuit background. Yeah, she's got some class. So I'm really wrapped um, to see herself and Alex going yeah, well. Yeah. I agree. Okay, there is a stage for the Giro tonight. Uh, it's one for the sprinters. Can we say this? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think so, Bridie. I think this is. It's. It's. it's I don't done. think it's going to go any other way. It's I think all it's, downhill. Yeah, it pretty much <laughs> is. It's a thousand meters of climbing total. Bordego Valsugana to Treviso, 156 kilometers. It's a sprint stage, right? Yeah, I totally think it is. And it's a DeMar retaining his jersey and or, um, you know, consolidating and aiming for a fourth stage, which would make Christoph happy. And if Christoph's happy, we're all happy. Exactly. Um, so, but let's not forget there are plenty of teams um, that will want to get in a breakaway. It'll be one of those, and I've heard Simon Gerrans talk about this, the harder it is to get in the break, the, um, the longer it takes, and then, you know, the, the more likely that break might be to succeed. But uh, we'll see some Drone Hopper, Aniolo. We'll see Israel 
well, we might see Israel trying to get in the break and think about a stage, or we might see them snoozing like we've seen for the last 17 stages. Yeah. It can be critical. Um, but Cavendish will want to win another stage. Jamal will want to win a fourth. Gavaria will want to be up and about. Uh, and so, and, and even DSM will think about um, whether or not they can go for a second stage in a sprint finish. So I think it's actually going to be exciting and it'll be one of those hard to get in the break nights. Yeah, it will. And it will be should be a fast stage. Yeah, I think. Um, we said that before, but really, yeah. <laughs> but so it would be yeah. it's a shot, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I think that's it for tonight. Yeah, so 9.30 on demand. We are 11 p.m. once again on the main channel, of course, SBS. And again, WA viewers. Prime time. You've got to jump on board. Your boy, Jai Hindley, 9 p.m. That is perfect. That's on Viceland, 9 p.m. for WA. Yeah. So big night ahead. And uh, Renshaw is with you. Yes, Mark is again. My last night tonight, Bridie. I know. I don't know what's happened. You've got Sunday night. That's not fair. What if Jai wins? I'm going. I'm going to gate crash the comms booth. If you pay me enough lira, I will allow you into the comms booth on Sunday night. Enough lira. (laughs) I think I've got some floating around somewhere in the garage. I'll I'll get it all together. Is that the tiny nuts? You used to like tiny nuts. It's worth nothing. Can't even buy your cappuccino these days. Anyway, thank you for joining us, uh, Brady. Thank you so much. Great to see you both. You too. You too. And uh, Micah, thank you as well. Thank you very much. This was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sports or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, same time, same place tomorrow. It's bye for now. Now that we're done talking cycling, for today at least, let's do a little riding ourselves because the fun never stops on Zwift. Training solo at home, I admit, it gets old real quick. But with Zwift group rides, events and races, you'll have plenty of people to ride with and chat with to keep you motivated. Plus, it's got great built-in training programs tailored for every ability. There are even workouts that can be squeezed into 20 minutes if you're really stuck for time. On Zwift, traffic lights, stop signs, busy roads, bad weather, they all disappear. And each interval has the watts and rest periods dialed in for the perfect training conditions. To start riding and discovering how Zwift makes indoor training fun, head to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial. Thanks for watching or listening whilst you're riding on Zwift.